Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Talking about this redo voting is the name of the project, program, platform, redo voting, R-E-D-O, redovoting.com is the website. The ballot cards are printed on the very same secure printers that are used to create lottery tickets, the same ones used by state lotteries. And these machines, redo voting says, cost about $50 million. The printer then prints a series of unique codes from the file under special scratch materials. So your ballot, and they've got diagrams, mock-ups of all of this stuff, and they've got uh, it's got four different boxes on it, and it's just like the scratch-off lottery box with like a little silver stuff on it. And um, they got four codes. These unique codes are revealed by you when you pick up a ballot and scratch off the first box. So you could drop these ballots anywhere because the ballots are worthless until you activate them. So you scratch off the first square. You're the first person to ever see that code now. The other file, and then you take a, your phone, you take a picture of the, uh, of the code. It's one of those old square Cody things. The, the, what do they call them? Why, is it, why am I blanking on that? The, the QR code. I was going to say QWERTY code. I was like, no, that's, that's not it at all. Um, so you take the, the picture, it scans it, and now you have connected you to the ballot. But that's it. You're just connected to this ballot now. Now, if you turn around and do something else with the ballot or whatever, I guess that could happen. But you would then have to give the person you gave it to the PIN code. You know, at this point now, like, and this is what Redo Voting would say, and this is what uh, Mark in the, uh, the previous uh, hour was asking at the end of the uh, conversation was redo voting can only do what it can do, right? If people want to uh, sell their votes, right? That's a voter integrity problem. That's not an election integrity problem. That's somebody selling their vote. There are ways that you can go about, you know, trying to catch that. But uh, Mark's concern was what if there's somebody with, uh, you know, who's hacking in or is part of like the elections, uh, uh, administration in a county or at the state, and what if they're up to no good? And what if they're trying to do something nefarious? Well, uh, they would be able to. This is what the redo voting people say: is that they can't stop somebody from trying to hack the systems. But what they can tell you is that we would see it as it occurs, and you would know what precinct it's coming from, and what they. This is what they say, and what police precinct it's coming from. So. Because everything is, everything has this this uh, this connection, right? You're going to know where it's coming from, where the ballot got filed, and what the the code that was attached. It's all a one way information stream. It doesn't go back to the user. All right, let me get Ned on here. Hello, Ned. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, just trying to stay dry, Pete. I hear you. I hear you. Good luck. Good luck this afternoon crossing <laughs> the river. Um, all you westbound people, seventy four, I eighty five. Anyway, um, one guy that represents our area, and I don't volunteer anyone for work, but since he's become elected um, representative, Jason Sane. I, I have thought of him. He's a technology goob like Dan. You know, yep. the big thing is get the Internet into the rural areas, provide Internet for everybody. That's his big, you know, technology. That That's his baby, I guess. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've right. I, I know Jason well. We've uh, I've, oh okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've interviewed him uh, two, numerous times to count at this point. Uh, and yes, okay. he is uh, like we've we've had 
probably two long conversations talking about uh, gaming, computers, and that sort of stuff <laughs> over the years. Yeah. He uh, apparently. Uh, so, I think he was in Raleigh this weekend. Oh, so was he gaming? Yeah. If he's not, a, I don't know if he games when he's at home so much, but uh, I know when he's up in Raleigh, he's. Uh, he, there was he, a big tournament. I'm not a gamer, but I think in you guys' world, there was like this huge tournament in Raleigh this weekend. Oh. Like the really, really good people were there. So even if you weren't in the tournament, it might have been worth buying a ticket. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what goes on at those things, but apparently they had one of the big ones. Yeah, up there. I was not aware yeah. of that. I don't follow the a lot of that esports world stuff. Um, and I told and so he, like, at one point he was like, oh yeah, you should come on. Like, we, I forget, I think they play Call of Duty. I think that's his game. And I was like, I don't. Okay. I said I haven't played Call of Duty in like 15 years, and, and he was like, "Oh no, it's fine." And he and what did he said? Slow. He said, "We just, you know, we just have fun. It's just slows and pros is what he calls the." <laughs> there's, I, I said, "Well, I, I would be um, one of the slows then." Yep, and and well, I, I should have known that as long as you've been doing this, you would know him since he'd been reelected and uh, a couple of times. The other, the question I had was, I wonder how small or how big of an area their littlest area would be if it didn't like a, the whole nation has to do this all at once. Would they need like a county to buy in? Would they need a state? Would it have, This would be something that would have to get approved in Raleigh for everybody in all 100 counties. Is that correct? Is that the smallest way that this project could start? Is that is does that make any sense? Sure, it does. You can't so, start at like the Mecklenburg County Board of Elections, you got to get higher up as your starting base, don't you? I'm not sure. So, what they said in their and they've been asked this question before if they are working with legislatures and that sort of thing, um, and they haven't said because a lot of it's. I think a lot of this stuff is sort of back channel at this point that you know people they're trying to build support and trying to identify places where okay. they might be able to make it happen. Which is why I offered like if I can do anything, I'm happy to help. You know, just make some introductions or something because I want to see a pilot. And that's, and what they said at the end of that chat was that they will pay to do the pilot. They will, they will do the demonstration themselves and do it right alongside of the local elections. And I would think that you could run their experiment time, like parallel the next time there's an election, right? Someone was really interested. They could come, set their stuff up and, and maybe get volunteers or right. Oh, well, I'm making this too hard now. No, no, I think I was going right. Yeah, no, absolutely. How little they can start it at to prove that. I think they could do it at a, at a County level at a, they could probably do it at a municipal level first inside a County. They, I mean, just for a demonstration, they could, I mean, you could actually hold just a mock election. You could just say, Hey, everybody, we're going to be voting on, you know, this fake referendum, whatever it is. It's, you know, Ballot A or ballot B, but it's actually just a test. Or you could just ask a whole bunch of people, come volunteer, however you wanted to do it. But they could actually set up some sort of a, a just an experimental demonstration just to see how it works. And, and then that would work for people that hope it works and for people that are skeptical mm-hmm. at that, like the, the individual you knew about, that they wound up getting into a private conversation via email. And therefore, it was a, a very pleasant conversation. It wasn't this accusations back and forth you can't do this you can't and it became a professional or whatever conversation right they were focused on the technical side of stuff but and and so there is going to be the attacks that come and i don't mean that in like a pejorative way or like a uh i'm not trying to minimize them but there will be people who, who who try to attack it and challenge it uh, based on the technological side of things and i and that's what tyler they invite that yes they do 
Okay, okay. Right, and well, so on that side, they, that's where they were getting, that's where they had a productive conversation with this fellow, Tyler, um, okay. where I don't think they're going to be able to have as productive a conversation. It's going to be when Tyler turns full leftist and he then just rejects, because I think his first approach was to attack it based on the technology, and once all of that stuff gets shot down, he's then going to turn around and say, but voter ID, disenfranchisement, uh, no early voting or absentee ballots or whatever. Like, there's going to be these other uh, political attacks that come, right, because the technological okay. arguments will have been satisfied. Okay. Well, thank, thank yeah. you for your time. Sure. And I, I do hope all of y'all that are leaving Charlotte and headed 74 West or 85 South, I hope <laughs> the patience is with you and you get home safely today. Well, thank you. I'm not going all the way out of Mecklenburg, so I should be all right. Yeah, that's right. You, that's yeah. right. I'm still in Mecklenburg County. I have, yeah, I haven't completely fled. Uh, all right, uh, Dad, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still here voting, casting my sole vote in District Two against Vilma Leak, even though she had no opponent. Much to Tony's chagrin. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that, re- that reminds me. Um, no, all right. I'm. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to go back to that yet. Let me finish with the redo voting stuff. Um. All right, so the uh, voters pick up a secure ballot. You could pick them up at the local civic buildings or any participating retailer. Like, you could literally, this, like, you talk about a get-out-the-vote effort. Like, we're going to find out if this thing actually were to be implemented, we're going to find out who really is interested in getting out the vote versus getting out our vote. Because that's usually, when people talk about get-out-the-vote, they're talking about get-out-our-vote. It's not a GOTV. It's a G-O-O-V. It's a goov. A goof. Anyway, when you pick up the secure ballot, the clerk scratches and scans one of the hidden codes and conducts the same digital ID check required to purchase cigarettes or alcohol because there's an ID connected. See, there's the there, that's going to be the big red flag for the leftists who don't want any kind of election integrity that's connected to voter ID. Even if you gave out free state ID, they don't care. You'll be personally connected to your ballot and the chain of custody remains tied to you forevermore, but no one can ever associate your personal identity with your ballot. You can verify that your vote counted and was correctly submitted at any time in the future. I will go over some of the uh, some of the big questions that they get asked. They put out a very lengthy FAQ uh, that is on their website, redovoting.com. I'll get to that. A reminder, the Charlotte Auto Show, 29th year at the Charlotte Convention Center, Thursday through Sunday. And on Thursday, it's Hero Day at the Auto Show. Check out uh, the Family Fun Zone, great place to bring the kids. You can save time, shop in a family-friendly, low-pressure environment. Chevy's offering test drives on-site. Not inside. You don't drive around the convention. Well, no, I don't think you're driving inside the convention center. I think you got, you're got you out on the streets of uptown Charlotte. Um, you could also check out luxury brands, exotic brands, dozens of manufacturers, all displaying the latest makes and models to compare and contrast. Go check them out. And Brett Winterbull is going to be out there on Thursday at 3, broadcasting his show. And Hero Day, if you bring your ID uh, from like uh, the medical profession or uh, teachers and first responders, military uh, uh, retirees, veterans, active duty, whatever. You bring your ID, you show it, and you get in free. 
Thursday through Sunday. Brett's there on Thursday. Also, Winterbull tonight is doing his uh, Facebook Live. It's going to be on the WBT Facebook page. He's going to be uh, covering the uh, the announcement from former President Trump, and uh, that's going to be at 8.50 p.m. Go check that out. Let me go over here to Richard. Hello, Richard. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Um, if everybody remembers, when, when we went into Iraq... And the Iraqis were being intimidated, and they're going to say they're going to blow up all the election sites. The Iraqis went into vote, and they came out with a blue thumb. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> that why can't we just have a fingerprint on the ballot, which identifies you, and if we can do it over there, why can't we do it here? I don't know if the fingerprints are meant really for identification on the on the card, I think the the ink was to uh, prevent people from voting multiple times because I'm I, I don't think they had a very good uh, infrastructure, let's say, on the paperwork and the and the IDs and such. It being a war torn country and all, so I think that's how they identified who had actually voted because the ink would stay on your finger for a couple days, right? So this way you couldn't fake it. Of course, I mean, I guess if you had a, election officials that were in on the the rig in on the steel uh, than they would, right? You could just keep going in and voting. But I, I I don't know. Maybe they did attach the fingerprint. It was an actual fingerprint thing. Um, but I think this is this this idea that they're talking about, it gets to that same level because it's identifying you through your, your real ID or your state-issued ID and the phone and your PIN. So that's a, it's essentially a digital fingerprint. But aren't they going to argue... That somehow to get a real ID, it's racist, and yeah. you know, minorities are just, I mean, yes. so I'm like, everybody's got a fingerprint. You don't have to go to, go out and get a particular ID. So I'm just saying, to combat the insanity that an ID is racist, all right, put all your right. thumbprint on it. Okay, so how do you go about getting a thumbprint for somebody who is laid up at home and has to do a mail-in ballot? How do they do a fingerprint? Well, I guess some people are on the rolls in terms of uh, whatever job they used to have. Me, I happen to be a retired cop, but, you know, a lot of people have fingerprints as ID. No, 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 I mean, they, no, no, I mean, just somebody who is, let, let, let's say they're, they, they, they got a busted hip and uh, right. they, and they're, they're laid up at home and uh, they, they send away for an app and they have no friends, no family, and they send away for an absentee right. ballot. How do they get a? How do they put a fingerprint on that ballot? Right. So I would say that either volunteers or the I don't know. Let's say it's the mailman. Maybe he gets mail, and the mailman carries a a fingerprint thing. Takes the guy's fingerprint. Huh? I mean, I mean volunteers. I mean that's not going to work. Have to have ID to get the vaccine, and that oh my god, you know, because if you don't get the vaccine, you're mm -hmm. fired. Mm -hmm. So we have to have ID for that. So. You know, I can't. I don't. I can't think of everything. Look, but I'm just no. I know, Richard. But here's here's the thing, Richard. The the, the here's why I'm rejecting uh, the fingerprint idea, is because okay. all you're doing is giving them an escape hatch, and they will gladly jump through it. <laughs> because we both know there isn't there is nothing racist about the voter ID. There's nothing wrong with this idea, right? So by giving up the voter ID for the fingerprint idea, all you're going to do is allow them to run away from the voter ID issue where they are and have been losing, right? The only reason that it's been held up for so long in North Carolina is because of rogue activist judges 
uh, along the way at the state level. That's the only reason the litigation and all that uh, that that has occurred. That's the only reason we have a constitutional amendment on it. We've got some whack job judge who has said no because it's a usurper legislature and all this. And then you had the state Supreme Court come in and say, oh, yeah, we agree. And it was all just, you know, partisan activist rulings. And so that's what that's how we got here. So, look, you know, this is another bite of the apple if you try to do it this way. But I, I don't give up the argument on voter ID. Oh, heck no. And I'm not going to go try to litigate a whole different kind of verification system where i mean because honestly uh i don't never see my mailman my neighborhood has a whole tray of boxes and like i got to walk down there and get my mail out of the big mailbox from with everybody else so i never see my mailman uh sounds like we're just doomed no no this is this what i'm talking about redo voting go check out the website redovoting.com yeah yeah all All right right. appreciate the call richard yeah buddy um yeah like i urge people to check out the website because i don't know what i don't know Right. I'm not to get all uh, I'm not trying to get all Rumsfeldy in here, but there are known knowns. There are known unknowns and then there are unknown unknowns. And I don't know what I don't know. But I I recognize the the political obstacles that are coming, which is what I expect the next round to be. Once you once you get past the technical side, that's see, that's the that's that's the first challenge you got to get past. Because. That interaction with the Tyler the Troll, that interaction uh, is sort of, it's, it's the regular playbook, which is, you know, attack them with the, the science and data, right? When you have that, it's very much like, you know, court, if you have the facts, you know, you, you, you pound the facts. And if you have the law, you pound the law. And if you don't have the facts or the law, you pound the table, right? Like, that's the, that's the idea here in, in in debating these things, if you can come forward and say, here is the science, right? Well, that's the same thing here. The technical side of this has to be addressed first. And if I can't find anybody on the technical side that says, no, this won't work. Okay, well, then then that makes it a viable solution. It includes ways to verify the voter rolls. So it keeps our voter rolls maintained. That's awesome because that's always a problem. Always a problem. You we you will have up-to-date voter rolls at all times. You will be able to register immediately. So that takes care of that concern that folks on the left always have. They're always arguing about how we don't have uh, uh, you know enough people registered and it's suppression. If I can't register when I show up at like a grocery store, I should be just automatically registered when I turn 18 and all this stuff. So they all want registration. Okay. This makes it easy to register. And here's your ballot. You can register. And now you can vote. But you need an ID because we got to prove who you are when you buy this. Just like with with a lottery ticket. If you're not 18, you don't get to play. Right? Got to show me the ID. Okay, there you go. You're 18. Boom, you're connected. Here's your, and then you scratch off the next lottery uh, scratch off thing. And uh, there's your QR code. You Take a picture of that bad boy. All right, now you're voting, and uh, and then you're sending the information, and then it, it tracks it in real time. And so you would have to catch that vote while it's being transferred. Because once it hits the system, it's in. And now it's counted. That's the difficulty in the hack. You would have, I mean, think about the computing power necessary to figure out when a vote comes in, what they're voting for, and flip it before it posts. And none of this, they say, is in the the, uh, 
the clown, I believe. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I mean, there's, like I said, go to the website, check out the FAQ. For the nerds out there, you guys are going to go, like, eye deep in all of this stuff. I'm sure you're going to love it. Um, and it's all open source, and they're very communicative. So uh, they welcome feedback and emails. Got questions. They're on Twitter. So uh, I urge you to ask the questions you have to see if it's a good system. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. So the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC, I think that stands for Soccer Club, will host their annual tree lighting festival. It's presented by Atrium Health on Tuesday, November 22nd. Mint Street and Graham Street outside of Bank of America Stadium. It's going to start at 5 o'clock. Again, that's Tuesday, so uh, what, a week from today? It's free. Tickets are required to attend, though. So you got to get tickets, but it's free. They're going to have free hot cocoa. They got the photo booths. They're going to do letter writing for Santa. Uh, Also, they're going to be stations that they set up to make fleece blankets with the top cats and holiday cards for patients at Atrium Health Levine's Children's Hospital. Um, So the special guests are going to include Top Cat, Sir Per, or the Top Cats, Sir Per, Sir Minty. Is that the football club's mascot? The Sir Minty? Sir Minty. And Santa. Santa? Way to bury the lead. Santa's going to be there. Uh, Food and beverage options will be available for purchase from local food vendors. And by the way, the NFL's clear bag policy is going to be in place during the event. So you got to have a transparent plastic vinyl or PVC bag smaller than 12 by 6 by 12. All right. Back to the phones we go, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Here is Craig. Hello, Craig. Welcome to the show. Top of the day to you, Pete. Hey, man. Uh, question I got is the Democratic Party likes to make everybody think that there's this multitude of people walking around out there that are, that are ghosts that's able to vote. How do you, from cradle to grave in this country, how do you function without identification? How do these people have a job? How do they receive benefits? How do they do any banking? I mean, it's it's it just dumbfounds me that that side of it's never addressed. Nobody ever challenges them to bring those people forward. Oh, they do. They absolutely yeah. do. And uh, this was what we found in Georgia, which was the first. Uh, this part of the problem is the the only way you get to test this theory in real or uh, t- in the real world is to actually implement voter ID, right? And once implemented, sure. then you would know how many people don't have the ID and are trying to vote. And well, when Georgia enacted their voter ID, we found out, oh, it's it was like one-tenth of what they were predicting. And they were predicting like thousands and thousands of people. And it turned out, no, not, not really. And if you give them an opportunity to get the ID when they show up, then aren't they going to have a better position in life for all of these other things? Uh- well, even the one tenth you're talking about, how are they functioning day to day? Usually, I, I don't. yeah, I think they're like really old, um, and so they, you know, they let the driver's license lapse because they don't drive because they're really old. Um, so what you're saying is the mail-in voting that we're doing now, their families filling that out for them and sending it in. No, we they all can, know that's what's going on. There's some of that going on. Look, look, there is no doubt, no doubt about it. The longer you give people to vote and then the all right, the longer you get people to vote, 
the greater opportunity there is for organizations to mobilize and get more of those ballots out to people and get them submitted back in. That's yeah. that's the game now. And well, I'm a I'm a veteran, and that's to all veterans for 250 years. People have died. That's always been considered our first freedom, and the way this country treats it is is is, is shameful. Well, I, so here's the thing, though, Craig. I don't have any problem with with get out the vote efforts. If if an organization wants people to vote, okay, make it make it your mission to get ballots into the hands of voters. And look, Republicans need to play this game too. They need to go set up booths at the next gun show. Every gun show needs to have the GOP out in the parking lot registering voters and getting them to fill out ballots. Well, that's another. You're getting into a whole more weeds out with the gun shows. They still, I still see on the nightly news, you know, talking about gun shows in the South. I assure you, there's nothing in the South that where you can walk in a gun show and buy a gun without no, no. paperwork. No, no, you're right. Everybody in the gun show that, selling, they're all FFLs. Absolutely. That, that that went away in the 90s. Right. It did happen. I agree it did happen because I've, I've been there. But that's, that hadn't worked in 25 years, but they still harp on that. Because right. I, I don't see how a populace in a community could elect somebody that ignorant. I mean, well, have you met the you ha- Nancy Pelosi for what twenty five, thirty years? Have you met the average the best, voter, Craig? Is that the best her community has? Yes, and that's shameful. I, yeah, I agree. Look, hey, I say this about uh, our elected representatives all the time. They truly are our representatives. Seriously, well, there if you are. Go they, back and you look at the Federalist Papers when mm-hmm. you when you uh, elect somebody to represent you, they're supposed to be uh, representing the county the county seat, the people in it, mm-hmm. when they get up there, they start winging it and doing whatever they want to do. That's not what they're sent there, sent there for. Yep. And I, I doubt any politician, well, I ain't going to say any, I bet you less than 10% has ever sat down and read the Federalist Papers. It's a hard read, but it'll ed- educate you to how the Constitution was born. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Craig, I appreciate the call, sir. Thanks so much. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Pete. All right. Yes, sir. Take care. Um Here's an email from Bob to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Democrats will adamantly oppose this voter equity. They are invested in the two-tiered processes implemented under COVID rules. They have an advantage. They know it, and they will lie to keep it. Well, that's why I think North Carolina might be might be a very good state to make inroads in. To make inroads in? In which to make inroads? There you go. Um I do. You've got a legislature that is near supermajority in the House, that is supermajority in the Senate. Could they peel a single Democrat vote away? But that's, I mean, that's even getting ahead of ourselves here. The first thing is, let's see if it works. Let's put it through a test. I want to see it run. I want to see an election carried out. How easy is it? How hard is it? Are there obstacles, unforeseen problems? I want to see that. So uh, Jay says, the only issue I see on this system the guys were talking about is you need a real ID. That is a pain in the backside to get because you must go to the DMV. I got lucky and did a walk-in at the North Jefferson DMV on a Tuesday after a college visit with my daughter at App State on the way home. Right. I got a real ID as well. You got to have the birth certificate and the whatever you got. Like, And this is always the challenge that they say with, the, with any ID. 
is that you have to be able to prove who you are. But that is foundational to our election system. Your name and your domicile. These are the two linchpins in our system that you only get to vote once. So you are an individual. You vote once. And we identify you as that individual by your name and by your address because where you live, where you reside, dictates your representation. That's how we do everything. It's all apportionment with the census and the redistricting. And it's all based on residence. Where do you live? You, the individual, where do you live? These are the two key pieces of information. And one political party wants us to ignore one of those pieces of information. I think that they're okay with ignoring either one of them, but definitely minimum one. I think they would, I think they'd prefer you ignore both if possible, but at a minimum one, one or the other, you got to ignore one or the other, but it is based on residence. And that's what the ID, the driver's license, the state issued ID. That's what that does is it ties the individual to that residence. And that's the other thing too. If you moved, like, let's say, well, take me, for example, we were down in South Charlotte. Now we're in West Mech. Well, now I had to go and I had to fill out the paperwork to you know, change the registration to the new address. And I'm in a new district and all of that. But my ID would, would tag what ballot I receive. So even if I were to go someplace else and don't register to vote there, like let's say college, and my ID is from back here, and I scan my little QR code, it's going to give me a ballot from where my license is. That's going to be another obstacle. Democrats are not going to like that because they have their 2U system, urban and university towns. That's their 2U system. That's, that, that's the backbone of their operations, college towns and urban areas. And so if now the ballot is going to tack to the ID, it's going to send me back to where? wherever that car is registered, wherever I got my driver's license, and that might be out of state. And I don't think Democrats are going to go for that either. Because, again, they, they kind of don't really want a credible, secure system. This is their model, which is why I kind of like a lot of the components of this model, this redo voting. guys always expose themselves i swear if you're not on twitter first off don't go because it's accessible but <laughs> no, i'm kidding you can actually you can curate your stuff so you you don't have to swim in as much poop but um but it is around i mean you do it, it does smell like it. It, all right never mind um so uh there's a guy that we ran for congress kyle Parrish. she got his clock cleaned by uh virginia fox i want to say and he, my God, the stuff he has said here about Southerners and North Carolinians, I mean, he's a, he's a leftist. And so he's up in the Wake area. And so he is just trashing all the poor, rural, dumb Republicans all dying off in the Southern states and like all this just nasty stuff. And he just said, they always reveal themselves. He says, the areas in North Carolina that rejected the past and chose to look forward into a more diverse, open-minded, accepting future are skyrocketing in the uh, are yeah, and in those areas that haven't, they are dying. Guess guess which areas are blue and which are red. So in other words, he's saying all of the progressive areas, the Triangle um, and you know Charlotte, like all of these blue areas, 
Like, we're the reason, like, of course, he's like, history began today, of course, in this guy's mind, because Republicans didn't help build any of what we've seen here, right? No, Republicans didn't, you know, I don't know, lead the city of Charlotte for decades. No, that didn't happen. Come on. But what about all the poor black folk down east? Which is what I'm about to write to him and call him a racist. Because, oh man, I love calling Democrats racist. Because a lot of them are. Anyway, um, when election day lasts for a month. Anyway, so I was going to say, if you're on Twitter, uh, come join the fun there. <laughs> um, the, the handle is at Pete Callender. So we no longer have an election day. We have election week or election month or, or worse. We could blame Al Gore the man who invented the internet, the vice president, well, wait a minute, the man who invented the internet, who created all of these problems, we could then use the internet to solve the problems. Full circle here, people. Anyway, the vice president for the man who ran a permanent campaign during eight years in the White House kicked off the permanent election in 2000 by retracting his concession to George W. Bush on the evening of Election Day. He then put the country through more than a month of turmoil dragging out a challenge that went well beyond his right for a recount in Florida. His effort to count the votes until he had enough to win had to be ended by the U.S. Supreme Court. We don't know how many races, if any, the Democrats have stolen or are stealing in this year's midterm elections, but they have a reputation for fixing elections. They do. This idea that that we all somehow or another just agreed, oh, we're not going to steal any more elections. No more vote fraud in America, everybody, as of right now. And everybody said, yay, no more vote fraud. When did that happen? I missed that. Maybe I didn't get the memo or something. Well, it does make sense. If it was an old Democrat memo, uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. No, look, election fraud occurs. People on both in both parties do it. I don't care who's doing it. You prosecute all of them. I want it all to stop. I want credibility in the system. And guess what? For everybody that wants voter participation, when people believe that their votes count and that the system is not corrupted, more people participate. Just look at the way the lottery went. Um, all right, so where was I here? This, by the way, Issues and Insights, issuesinsights.com. This is their recent editorial. Um, oh, they give you the example. 1960, Mayor Richard Daley's Chicago machine and John Kennedy's tight win over Richard Nixon, historian and Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson biographer Robert Dalek believed that Daley, quote, probably stole Illinois from Nixon. Start with that history, then add to it the fact that Democrats are thoroughly convinced of the righteousness of their policy positions, blend in their taste for exercising raw political power And the dish that's produced is poisonous to fair elections. You'll recall Time Magazine even had a big story about it. I covered it when when they uh, reported on it, which was this, quote, conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. It was an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans, a confederation of schemers working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. I have always said, this is the rigging, quote-unquote. When, when, when Trump and his supporters, they talk about rigged elections and stuff, this is the focus that they should be on. All right, Brent Winterbull's coming up next. Stick around. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>